0: On this episode, we discuss Facebook integrating a bunch of services together, there's a weird update on Metroid Prime 4, Black Panther wins at the SAG Awards, and Chris educates me on something called icing. And no, it's not to do with that polar vortex. Chris also tells us about a special mug that he owns, and I kick it all off by finally taking action on something that everyone
1: has been emailing JS about for years. I'm David S. Dawson from The Intellectual Podcast. A show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life. Part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
2: This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Here we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of Geek. These are your hosts for the show, Stephen.
1: But what if I'm in the mood for a T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gunna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy!
2: Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 273 of the official GunnaGeek.com show. I am Stephen John Drew, and with me, of course, is Chris Farrell.
1: I'm the replacement Stargate pioneer. Ah, uh,
0: speaking of a replacement Stargate pioneer, he's he's gone. He's off the show.
1: Fired him. Goodbye. See ya, Sb. It was supposed to be a secret. We weren't gonna tell you guys for another couple of weeks, but we figured, eh, what the heck.
0: Last week he took issue with the fact that a Canadian could confirm that apparently we made first contact because of Timbits, and he disagreed and I said hashtag fake news, you are fired. That's what I said.
1: He was fired? He was fired. He is fired. But are you are you channeling a certain president with that
0: statement? <laughs> no, I'm not. But if he ever returns, it's because He clearly misses me and paid me lots of money. So if he ever returns, it's because he paid me tons of cash.
1: Someone's got to get paid
0: eventually. I'm a sellout. Uh, We are here, though, to talk about the latest in the world of geek. And we like to talk about some of the news. And then we have a special segment. And today we've got a Chris Taps That App app segment. And he's going to tell you all about something. What is that this week, Chris?
1: special stuff and things no we're actually going to combine a gadget and an app together i'm going to be talking to you guys about the ember mug once we get there
0: oh i i i can't believe you got that i just saw that being advertised so we'll uh, look forward to that and let's go ahead and roll into our first news point here we go All right, so for our first news point here, this comes out of the world of the Facebook conglomerate, because, hey, guess what? Uh, Facebook owns
1: many, many things. If you didn't know this, I know. Shocking news, right, Chris Farrell? I am both shocked and appalled. I had no idea that Facebook owned things like virtual reality systems and stuff like that. They, they actually own the world.
0: Everything is owned by Facebook.
1: Including my soul?
0: Yes, including your soul. Mostly your soul, actually. I I
1: thought Twitter stole my soul, but it could be Facebook, I suppose.
0: (laughs) No, so if you didn't know this, that uh, over the years, Facebook's obviously gone and accumulated and acquired a whole bunch of different properties, and many of them are very popular. Well, here's the thing. The Facebook properties, many of them often have a way of essentially messaging. And this time, we are learning that Facebook is going to integrate a bunch of things. So WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger are all going to be integrated together. Now, while all three of these will remain a standalone apps, in the backend, in the server side of things, like at a much deeper level, they're going to all be linked together so that messages will be able to be sent between the different services. Facebook told the BBC about this over the past weekend, which is where I read it, because I read everything on the BBC, right? Don't you, Chris? I read
1: everything there, yes, everything.
0: And the plan, as outlined by a certain Zuckerberg, I'm not sure which one, he says that apparently this is his personal project. And once this is all together, while, again, they will remain standalone apps, you're going to be able to message other people on the different platforms. Now, I will go ahead and just say it right now. It's more than just convenience. If you merge all of your data together, it's easier to mine. And that's my theory
1: on why they're doing this. What's your thoughts, Chris? You read my mind. They're doing this so they can mine your data because, let's be honest, there's folks out there that don't have Facebook or they don't have Messenger or both of those because, you know... They don't want to deal with that, but they might have an Instagram or they might have WhatsApp. So if we combine these things, I can link together Chris's Facebook, his Twitter and his WhatsApp if he actually used that, which I've never used and be able to get all of the data. Who is really asking for this? Is there a user out there? that's like, man, I wish I could use my Instagram account to talk to my friends on Facebook or on WhatsApp. Let's be honest. Users don't care about that. If they want to talk to their friends on WhatsApp, they download WhatsApp. They're not going through Instagram to do it. This reminds me, let's go back a few years. Remember AOL Instant Messenger and Yahoo Instant Messenger and Hotmail Messenger or, excuse me, MSN Messenger and how there was third-party apps like Trillion that came out where you could integrate all three into one? This, this is Facebook's Trillion. That's what they're doing here. They're integrating all of this stuff together much more smoothly than Trillion did, by the way. <laughs> but still, all they're doing is consolidating it into one place. It's not... For customer convenience here like trillion was this is more for data mining convenience and trying to find out more junk and i don't know if you're someone who's on the fence about facebook products does this push you further away from it i would think it would i mean i read it and went the hell why are they doing oh and then i stopped and thought about it for 10 seconds and realized exactly like we talked about they want to data mine and find out more about me and i went "Ugh, this is just shady feeling
0: Well, I'm very interested to see what happens with the information accessible to users. Like right now, if you go into Facebook Messenger and you pull up somebody, you'll see their Facebook username in there. You can usually find that somewhere. Here's the thing. I don't really use Facebook Messenger that much because of the fact that it's bloaty. I get all sorts of weird notifications because I get added so much on Facebook because of Guinea Geek and whatnot. But here's the thing. I use WhatsApp and I have my phone number in there. I accept that Facebook minds that they can link it all together. That's fine. Uh, You know, it's the price I pay for using Facebook and Facebook services. But if I go and I send a message from WhatsApp over to Facebook Messenger, will that Facebook Messenger user now be able to see my phone number because
1: WhatsApp is phone number driven? And that's the concern that I have. So my hope is they're not exposing it like that. It's more going to basically show Stephen John Drew with a WhatsApp logo next to it if you reach out to someone on their Instagram. So basically, they pop up, they see your username with WhatsApp, and when you type back, they see your username or the person's username with Instagram. I hope they're not exposing information like that. And honestly, I didn't know WhatsApp used phone numbers. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've never touched the app. I would not want that either because... While I live a semi-public life for podcasting regards, be it Facebook, Twitter, things like that, I do not put my phone number out for people. I can count on, okay, probably two hands, the number of friends I have in podcasting that actually have my real phone number, not just my Google Voice number, but my actual phone number. So I don't want that exposed to folks.
0: By the way, if you are looking to reach Chris Farrell by phone, his phone number is 123-
1: Four five six. I lost it. I lost the rest it's of it. Sorry. Three oh four eight oh six ATGN. Just <laughs> leave me a voicemail there, and I'll read it on a podcast.
0: Fair enough. Uh, but I think that there's a potential for a couple different things in this to be used properly. But I think that the obvious is the fact that they're just looking to mine data and make it easier to mine data as well. So there you go.
1: That's what. Yeah, let's be honest. It's not a user driven change. There's no users clamoring for like man, I wish there was a common back in between all of my Facebook products so I could chat to anyone on it. Nobody wants that.
0: You know what? Now that you say it that way, I wish that all of... No, I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> I wish that Google could get that to work on their stuff. But that's either here uh, or there.
0: Don't get me started on Google's pathetic <laughs> attempt at messaging oh, and their other attempt at messaging and their other attempt at messaging.
1: Oh, and don't forget those ones they did five years ago that they canceled for messaging.
0: Right, but they're still half around.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what do you got going on in the news this week, Chris Farrell? So, let's get into some gaming news here, folks. Uh, One of the games I was most excited for on my Nintendo Switch when I got it was Metroid Prime 4. For those that aren't aware, the Metroid Prime series, I believe, started on the GameCube and spanned its way to the Wii. It was kind of a reimagining and updating of the Metroid games to be a first-person shooter versus the third-person shooter that it was before. So... Go back to Nintendo's E3 in 2017. Nintendo announced Metroid Prime 4, pretty much just showed a logo on screen, didn't provide any details on the game or show any gameplay, but it was enough to get fans super excited. Fast forward to E3 2018. While Nintendo didn't showcase the game, they did show off a little bit and talk saying it would be coming soon. They did say they would not want to repeatedly tease fans until the game was close to completion. So really it was just another splash screen and a tentative date. Now, here's the problem. We got to this year, about less than a week ago, uh, Metroid Prime 4. Nintendo is pulling it back in. The current developer assigned to Task has evidently not been making a game up to Nintendo's standards, so they are completely scrapping the whole thing, which is presumably done by Bandai Namco, and handing development back to Retro Studios, the studio that developed Metroid Primes 1 through 3. This is an interesting move. Why I bring this up is it's not very often you hear about a big gaming company like Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, any of those saying, this game's not off to snuff. We're canceling it and starting over again. Generally, you get, well, this game's not up to snuff. We'll put it out there. We'll drop the price in half within 14 days. And then we'll try and fix it on the back end. <coughs> Fallout 76. <coughs> Fallout 76. Fallout <laughs> 76. It's an interesting move. I wasn't expecting it, but I kind of applaud it. How did we find out? Nintendo posted an update on YouTube talking about the status of Metroid Prime 4. There was a statement given by, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Shinya Takahashi, the Senior Managing Executive Officer at Nintendo. He stated, the current development progress has not reached the standards we seek in a sequel to the Metroid Prime series. Nintendo always strives for the highest quality in our games. and In the development phase, we challenge ourselves and confront whether the game is living up to that quality on a daily basis. We have decided to re-examine the development structure itself and change it. Specifically, we have asked the producer, Kinsuke Tanabe, to work in trust and collaboration with the studio that developed the original Metroid Prime series, Retro Studios in the United States, and restart development from the beginning. By collaborating and developing with Retro Studios, we believe we can make this game something that will meet our fans' expectations. So, here's where I point out, in my younger days, a more irrational Chris would look at this and be like, oh, this is BS. I want Metroid Prime 4, and now I have no idea when I'm going to get it. A more grown-up adult Chris from today who has far too many games in his backlog right now and wouldn't even have time to play this looks at it and goes, huh, this is kind of a, a nice move by Nintendo to say this game's not ready. We're starting over. We're going to make this game right. And it kind of falls in with how a lot of Nintendo properties come out. They are very... They don't often license out their characters for their people to handle. And when you look in house, most games that are published and made by Nintendo are the higher quality games. You're not finding bad games Nintendo makes. So they're following through with that here and they're making a good game and saying it's going to take as long as it takes. And I salute that and I wish more companies would do that. Yes, I made a joke about Fallout 76. It was pro- It was troubled at launch. Star Wars Battlefront 2. EA screwed that up at launch. EA also screwed up Mass Effect Andromeda. These are all games that could have used more time to bake, or maybe in some cases should have gone back to the drawing board when they saw that things weren't working. This is, it's an incredibly, God, I'm going to sound like Apple here, courageous move by Nintendo because you know, even if this game stunk, they would make a boatload of money. And what they've done here is they've maintained their reputation and they've made it so the gamers can say, hey, again, this is a Nintendo game. I trust them. It's going to be good. So kudos to Nintendo. While there's a part of me that's upset, it's probably going to be like another two or three years until I see Metroid Prime 4. I'm okay with it because I've embraced the fact that the game is going to be good. And probably part of it is also I have a giant backlog of games. So it makes it a lot easier to wait two to three years.
0: All that I gotta say is that this is BS, and I I'm wondering when we're gonna get Metroid Four. That's that's am no, just joking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's Metroid Prime Four. Thank sorry, you. sorry,
0: Metroid Prime Four. My apologies. did it right, uh, jeez. Okay, so I I am actually with you on this. I think that this is fantastic to see. Uh, I will say that I'm slightly more cynical. I do think that there's a certain level of PR manipulation with this whole Nintendo statement. It, I don't know. To me, it just smells. A little fishy we Nintendo always strives for the highest quality in our games and it just seems like it, they're selling it a little too thick so I I do have a little bit of, of skepticism so- myself but I do appreciate even if this is the majority reason why they are uh, waiting to release this or scrapping this and, and you know redoing it I think that that's very very oh I'll go with you courageous. <laughs>
1: So I see where you're coming from by, sound, by thinking it's kind of just the line to be like, Nintendo strives for the high quality, yada, yada, yada. But, but here's the simple fact of the matter. Go and look at most Nintendo releases and find me a recent Nintendo release that is made by Nintendo, published by Nintendo. It's bad. It's tough to find. They do put a lot of effort and a lot of polish into their games, even on like the Wii U and stuff like that, where not as many people are playing it. There's always a nintendo polish that comes into play so while it does sound like buzzword bingo to say something like that with nintendo it's actually kind of true and i am a cynical person when it comes to games in the gaming industry
0: you kind of made your own point you're like give me an example and then you mentioned wii u there's your example right there
1: that's a platform not a game doesn't matter it's still, still still their brand their brand yeah, but look at the games that were made on Wii U. There's a reason why they're re-releasing so many of them on Switch, <laughs> because they were really good, and a lot of people didn't play them.
0: Well, they did, though, release that Guna Geek game that we made. Uh, that was per- that was under the Nintendo banner, wasn't it?
1: It was. It was called Control Your Favorite Podcasters, the official GunnaGeek.com show. It was, and
0: uh, it was weird. Pretty much everybody opted to kill me. It was, it was bizarre. That's what
1: the, the polls said. So it was Kill, Bang, Marry, the game, basically?
0: No, it was just Kill, Steven. That's all it was. The, no, entire, the no. entire game, that was right off the bat.
1: Because if it was Kill, Bang, Marry, that meant they were either banging or marrying me, and I'm kind of concerned as to what that might have been. We all know. We all know mm-hmm. which one. That's true.
0: It's Moving true. on to our next news point that we've got here. This was super exciting to see. This was just yesterday that this one happened here. Well, guess what?
1: Apparently... Chicken butt. Wow. Really? Did you go there? Is is that what be done? uh, You said, guess what? You expect me not to take that bait. Let's be honest. I have the maturity of a seven year old. Guess
0: what? Chicken boy. There you go. Now we didn't talk over each other. Uh, Last night, the top award at the SAG Awards went to Black Panther. Yes. The cast of Black Panther did win outstanding performance by an ensemble In the SAG Awards, this is the 25th Screen Actors Guild Awards. How awesome is this to see Black Panther? Yes, I love it because we are uh, superhero movies. They're snubbed everywhere else. And I love this. The top SAG goes to Black Panther. That was a little pregnant pause there for you.
1: That's great. It's the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Um, Who cares about those awards outside of Hollywood? That's not something like you have the water cooler talk about. Yeah, it's a great achievement. Congratulations to them. But the achievement everyone talks about is the Oscar. They got nominated. That's fantastic. But I believe the Hollywood machine is not going to allow Black Panther to win Best Picture. Let's be honest. They always like the artsy fartsy crap that like 13% of the population sees because... Most people go to the theaters for superhero movies and things like that anymore. For shame. For shame. And let's be honest, The Dark Knight should
0: have been nominated. Did you, did you just go ahead and beat down this award? Or, is it, or did you just say that the Black Panther's award is as meaningless as the podcast awards? Is that what you just said? Nothing's that meaningless. Steve. <laughs> okay, fair Nothing enough. Is.
1: I would far of. rather have a Screen Actors Guild award than a podcast award right okay. now. Okay. All right. As long as we're agreed
0: on because, that. Because, you know, they at least give me the trophy when I win the award. That's true. And
1: I hear mm-hmm. that sometimes you Same. pay
0: for pay for the trophy and you still don't get it. That's what I've heard. heard
1: that too. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, moving on to the extra, extra section here. Chris, start us off with our first extra
1: extra. What do you got going on? So this is kind of interesting. I, I like technology. I like cool things. I think Elon Musk is the modern day current Tony Stark. That doesn't make sense. He's a real-life Tony Stark. Let me rephrase. It, the I, modern Tony Stark. Modern day, the, the future modern-day Tony Stark. It makes it makes tons of sense. But let, let's get back to topic here. I like to look at Tesla's. I like to look at the technology that goes into it. I like to look at whether it would be practical for my area because I want one. Spoiler alert, it's not practical for my area yet, so I doubt I will be getting one anytime soon as much as I might like one. But it's interesting to see trends that develop. And if you've been paying attention to some of the online tesla communities be it on websites like teslarati or on reddit you've seen there has been a lot more instance of what is called icing steven do you know what icing is i'm not sure what icing
0: is is it that stuff that i put on my cake is that what you're what talking it about is that?
1: but it is also when someone goes to a super supercharger parking lot with their internal combustion engine vehicle and parks it in the supercharger slots and does not allow tesla drivers to get in there and supercharge their vehicles it's commonly known as icing.
0: Hmm. I did not know that. I've not heard of this. That's is. how long has this been a thing?
1: It's been going on for a while, but there's been some big jump ups of it since in December. If You go on some of the Reddit forums and things like that. You'll see people that are talking about, well, I've tried to go and top off at the supercharger because I was low and there was a bunch of trucks parked in there and they started yelling obscenities at me and calling me names because I drove an electric vehicle So there's been instances of that happening. And sometimes these guys are towed, they're reported and pulled away. So icing episodes continue to happen. But in Georgia, someone upped it a bit. We don't know who it was, but there's a supercharger station in St. George, Utah. It's one of the oldest charging locations out there. It became the victim of an aggressive act of vandalism. What do I mean by aggressive? Well, during this vandalism incident, incident, vandals attempted to sever a supercharger cable, When that didn't work, they drilled into the plugs of the charging stalls as well, making it so Tesla drivers could not go and charge their vehicles at the supercharger. Why is this a problem? Well, when you have a Tesla and you plan a route, it routes you through superchargers so that you don't run out of energy. It's not like you can just stop at the gas station. So at this station alone, they had disabled, I think, four four of the superchargers out of the 12, I think it was, they had, or eight, I can't remember. This is some brazen vandalism of people purposely destroying it. For what reason, I don't understand. Yes, this is a different way of driving using electric vehicles versus gas vehicles. But what's the point of going and cutting cables and drilling into supercharger plugs? Now, a note, just because they tried to cut the cables, they're not going to get electrocuted. The way the Tesla superchargers work is no power runs through it until it's connected to the back of your Tesla. And the circuit's completed and it sends a signal saying, okay, send the juice now. So I kind of wish some folks got electrocuted, maybe learn their uh, lesson of what they're doing. But this is dumb. This would be the equivalent of Tesla users going up and vandalizing gas stations. What's the point? Are you that committed to your internal combustion engine? You're like, I've got to ruin this electrical vehicle thing, blah, 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 blah. It's stupid. And I hope these people get found and prosecuted to the full extent of the law.
0: This is ridiculous. I, I'm i sitting here thinking that everything just as you're saying it, like, why? What's the purpose? And I'm trying to rationalize it in my head. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is dumb. Why are people doing this? And then I remember that uh, I live in British Columbia, which if you didn't know that is is above Washington state. And I just remembered that I heard on the news that there is a measles outbreak in Washington state uh, because of lack of basically tied right back to the anti-vaxxing movement. So uh, there you go. I'll just go ahead. And that reminds me of why I don't try to rationalize this thing. Sorry, I had to rant on that. Uh, No, you're fine. That is ridiculous. Like, oh, look, we're creating new technology that can get us away from the technology that has been used essentially the same for how many years that we know is killing our planet. Like, come on. And and now we're, oh, this irritates me. I can't believe I hadn't heard about this till now. And I kind of wish I didn't know about it, Chris Farrell.
1: Well, it's frustrating because like I said, in most cases, if you're a Tesla user and you're on a long distance journey, you're dependent on that supercharger. So say for instance, all of the superchargers were disabled there. There's no guarantee you could make it to the next supercharger to be able to get your tank filled back up. It's a problem. And Tesla's evidently already been alerted they're going to go and fix it. But if this starts happening more and more as more and more people are buying electric vehicles, because remember, Tesla is no longer eligible for the tax credit in America because they've sold 200,000 vehicles. So that's ramping down. So there's at least 200. I think it's 200,000. Someone double check me on that. I might be wrong, but I think that's the figure. So there's at least that many vehicles on the road that are making use of superchargers while they're traveling. And yes, you can go and use a level two charger in a town or something like that, but it does not charge near as quick as a supercharger and adds to that to your travel time. So I don't understand what's going on here. I think people are idiots that do this and just let people enjoy their vehicles. Who cares? All
0: right. Well, if you are stuck, Because your supercharger is ruined. Make sure you call Chris Farrell because he has a new service that he's offering where he will transport your vehicle for a very hefty fee.
1: (laughs) 304-806-ATGM. And
0: finally, in our extra extra section here, I'll go ahead and wrap us up with a story that just made me feel so good about my parenting because as a parent, I get judged I vaccinate my kids. Sorry, I had to rant on it again. Uh, I sometimes <laughs> let them watch TV. These, these are things that are hot, hot How topics. How dare you? I know. How dare you. And people go, kids will learn nothing from TV. Well, tell that to the Arizona man who saved a life by remembering a scene from the office. That's right. According to the Arizona Daily Star, apparently mechanic Cross Scott, or is that Scott Cross? I don't know. Mm. He was test driving a customer's car when he noticed a white sedan that was drifting onto the side of the road that had its hazard lights on. He pulled over and Scott noticed that there was a woman slumped over the wheel. So he ended up smashing the window open to get her out and then checked her pulse, decided that while he was waiting for emergency services to ride, arrive, arrived, that he was going to try CPR. Now, here's the thing is he had never done any medical courses or anything like that before. But what he did remember was Michael Scott in the office singing the Bee Gees, Staying Alive. To the CPR rhythm. That's right. Because apparently staying alive is actually the perfect rhythm for CPR. So he happened to remember that. And apparently it did help save her life. So there you go. For those of you that say you learn nothing on TV. Just know. Maybe you will learn something that later will end up being of use. For example, last season where there is that whole time travel thing on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.,
1: you never know. Maybe that's going to help you one day. You just don't know. You really don't. Now, it is interesting. I have been Red Cross certified a few different times for CPR. My certification is not current, mind you, but I've done it before. And when you're doing the class, one of the things they mention is BG staying alive. If you can keep that song in your mind while you're doing it, it helps you keep the right pace and tempo for things. And it's an ideal way. You to know, do CPR.
0: I wanted to mention this because obviously it's in the news right now, but I also wanted to mention that this isn't actually the first time that we've heard of television programs saving lives. There's actually a very infamous Mythbusters story where somebody's vehicle went into the water and they remembered that episode where Mythbusters said that your car has to leave, level out the pressure before you can actually open up your door. And uh, rather than panicking, did wait for that to happen and then was able to get out because otherwise the the concern is that if you try to get out as it's not evening out the pressure you're wasting all your energy pushing on a door you're never ever ever going to get open so it's better to wait till that levels out open your door and basically conserve your energy until that moment there is also i watched this show on the canadian discovery channel called canada's worst driver and there's been a couple of stories on there about different maneuvers that people have learned on the show and it saved their lives. Like, um, you know, when you're sliding on ice and there's a whole bunch of things that people have shared on there. So it is always neat to hear these stories where someone has learned something on a television program and it saved lives. But that's going to go ahead and take us to the news. Before we go on to Chris taps that app, I just want to take the moment here to remind everybody we are part of the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of amazing, amazing geeky content. And if you want to check that out, you can at gunnageeknetwork.com. Now, if you have yourself a podcast and you want to be a part of a network, please do go to com slash join because we do have an application process and we are always looking for applicants there. Uh, we'd like to grow the family. We do definitely actually review the show. So to be transparent. Not everybody does get in because we do like to maintain a level of quality, but If you do want to go ahead and apply, we would be happy to review and see if your show would be a good fit for the network. And if you do end up being successful with the network, then you get to join the likes of the Starling Tribune, which is the show that Chris and SP actually do. And they're talking about Arrow right now. Arrow is a Hot Topic episode last week. A lot
1: of arguing happening in your episode, wasn't there? Yes, they came back. After the break, we found out who the new Green Arrow is. Sorry, I had to stop and think for a second what we (laughs) talked about last week. Because we've been doing Legends of Tomorrow. So I'm like, wait, was Arrow back or not? But yes, it was the return of Arrow. And we did have some thoughts on the reveal of who the new Green Arrow is and how things are going to shape up going forward.
0: I like the theories. I actually, the theories are one of my favorite parts of all of our television-based podcasts on the network because we got a lot of really good theories that come out for a variety of different shows. And I just like to theorize about things, especially when 99% of the theories are wrong. But it's still fun. It's still fun. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Chris Taps That App. Get your tap shoes on, Chris.
1: Uh, They're on. Are they on? They're good. I'm ready to go. Let's do it.
2: While you may know Chris loves phones, tablets, and other gadgets, did you know he's also a master tap dancer? It's time for him to combine the two passions in a segment he calls Chris Taps That App.
1: I'm dancing for you guys right now. I'm tapping away as I get ready to talk about that app slash gadget because the two are inexorably linked together. I talked about at the beginning of the show, we're talking about how I cure the problem of cold coffee because there's nothing worse than picking up your coffee mug, taking a sip and be like, oh, this is ice cold. I didn't realize I left my mug sit for an hour. I went and did other things. This happens to me on a regular basis. I am notorious for making a cup of coffee, drinking a third or a half of it, setting my mug down, getting distracted by something, coming back like, oh, it's time for coffee, and picking up the mug. And getting bitterly disappointed because while I enjoy iced coffees and the like, I I do not exactly care for just room temperature coffee that's gradually cooled down.
0: Do you know how I solve that problem? Microwave? No, I just put vodka in my my mug at work. Just easier.
1: (laughs) That works too because there's nothing wrong with room temperature vodka, is there? No. (laughs) So what did I find to help cure me of this problem? There is a product out there by a company called Ember. It is the Ember Mug, and I'm holding it up for folks that are on camera. It just looks like a traditional white ceramic mug, but is it really? Well, we'll talk about it and tell you guys what a little bit of it is. So the Ember Mug is a 10-ounce mug that has a built-in heating element in the bottom that keeps the contents of the mug at your perfect temperature. In the box, when you buy one, you get the mug, a recharging saucer, and an AC adapter. That's all you need to make it work. You then download an app from the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store to then pair your mug to your phone via Bluetooth. We will talk about the app here in a little bit, but let's talk about the actual hardware itself. So like I said, this mug, it's a 10-ounce mug, but if you fill up 10 ounces, you hit the big setting on your Keurig machine, the coffee's right at the top of the brim. You, you can't really drink it. So while 10 ounces is a fluid fit in here, you're not going to be able to pick it up without spilling it. <laughs> Eight ounces. That's what I put mine at. So the middle setting on my Keurig Brewer. This mug without anything in it weighs three quarters of a pound. Measures 4.2 by three and a quarter by 4.3 inches.
0: You're not going to equate that to a GMC Sierra 4x4? Four four? I didn't do the math
1: on it. I apologize. Uh, I darn. Apologize. Darn. This mug will keep your drink within a, temp- within a user settable temperature range of 120 degrees Fahrenheit to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you keep your coffee pretty well set. It is IPX7 rated, meaning it's fully submersible underwater. Why is that the case? Because you need to be able to hand wash. It is not, and I repeat, not dishwasher safe, although other reviewers on the internet have talked about the fact they have washed it in the dishwasher. Why is it not dishwasher safe? This really isn't porcelain. It looks like it's porcelain, but it is in fact, a stainless steel covered in FDA food-grade ceramic-reinforced coating. So theoretically, the high temperatures of the dishwasher and the water applied directly to it, you have the potential to flake that that, uh, coating off. But more importantly, if you look at the bottom of the mug as I hold it up to the camera, you can see there's two metal rings there. It's more worrying about damaging those metal rings used to charge the phone and or potentially damaging the seal at the bottom of the phone where the batteries reside and basically turning your mug into a brick. It does nothing besides keep your coffee at room temperature. (laughs) Nobody wants that. So how does it charge? Uh, I should bring up the fact that the battery in here, it'll last about an hour. I found you can take the mug, set it down somewhere to keep your coffee warm for an hour. If we go back and look at the bottom of this again, there are the two metal rings. There's on the ember saucer. You set it in the saucer. There's two little pogo pins that stick up out of that saucer. That are perfectly positioned to touch both those rings and it applies charge that way. So, as long as you put it in the saucer, it recharges itself. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. How do you use it? Well, it's pretty simple in that regard, too. Make your coffee and pour it in the cup or set it under the curing machine and pour it in. By default, if you don't pair the phone, excuse me, your phone with the mug, it will keep your drink at 130 degrees by default. If you wanna be able to be, if you wanna better be able to control that experience, You can get the app from the iOS and Android stores. You install it, it walks you through the directions of how to pair the mug with your phone. And then when you bring up the app, there's a little scroll wheel at the bottom of the screen that shows that you can set the temperature to. And when you set it to say 138 degrees, it'll say in little text, coffee, because that's their suggested temperature for coffee. You scroll it down a little bit, it'll show their suggested temperature for tea, for cappuccinos, things like that. They make suggestions for what temperature you should keep your drinks at, and you can modify that on the fly. And then your mug will always revert back to the temperature until you change it again. It's pretty neat. The app is bare bones. That's about all it does is allow you to pair it, set the temperature. And if you dig into the settings, you can see what percentage your battery is at. Oh, and one thing I did actually forget, it does allow you to customize your mug a little bit. What do I mean by that? When I hold my mug up right now, it doesn't show up on camera very well, but there's a green LED at the bottom of the screen that lights up. Is
0: that because Why? you're the green arrow?
1: It is because I'm the green. No, arrow. Right Actually, right. legitimately, it's because you can choose whatever you want your LED color to be. Why is that the case? Because if you're in the office and say three or four of you have your own mugs, not everyone wants to have the orange mug and you're going, crap, which one is mine? Set it to your favorite color. You pick up the mug or you touch it. The LED comes on. You like, oh, this is mine. I'm good to go. Okay. That's that's cool.
0: I didn't know that there was actually a color changing LED in that.
1: That's cool. Yes. And it is actually color coded on there. Different colors appear to tell you what's going on. Like when your battery gets low, the LED turns red and flashes. When the battery is empty, it turns a solid red for a little bit and turns itself off. As you charge, it glows red and turns off and on. And then just to ensure that the mug is on, like I said, it shows your color. And then as you put liquids in it, there is, I can't remember how the pattern works. It pulses in white. And I think it, it pulses gradually as it attempts to reach the temperature you've set it to. And once it hits your temperature, then it's a solid white LED light, I believe. So you'll be able to tell whether you've hit your target temperature just by the LED on the front of the mug. It's pretty cool, but this totally solves a first world problem. There's absolutely no reason you have to have this mug other than just to have fun with it. <laughs> All right, so what do you like about it? So what I like, um, like I mentioned at the top of this, I'm one of those folks, I make a cup of coffee, I set my coffee cup down and I go and do a couple other things and I notoriously come back and it's cold. I like the fact that even if I don't have this and it's charging saucer, I've got about an hour where it keeps my coffee at a temperature I like. So I just come back down, grab my mug, oh, it's still warm, I'm good to go and drink what I want. It's easy to charge. It has a saucer that you just set it in, which I've set next to my recliner in my living room where I normally drink my coffee. So I just set it in that. When I'm drinking my coffee, generally the charge stays pretty high because I'm not walking around a ton with it. And it's really easy just to set the temperature and forget about it. I I can't emphasize, at least in my use case, how this is great for me. I know some people, they get their cup of coffee, it's gone in 15 minutes. I don't do that. I'm I'm a coffee saverer. So I like the fact that it's going to stay warm for me. Those are the things I like. What I don't like, the battery capacity. On a good day, you're getting about 90 minutes of life that's if you're keeping it in a in a heated room and things like that. If I bring it down to my basement, we're talking forty five to sixty minutes of life.
0: Wow, yeah, that it, definitely you'd want to probably have the saucer wherever you want to be because sixty minutes that's not really extending your coffee that much. If you, if you brew like think about what an average cup of coffee brews at sixty minutes, you're not gaining much with that.
1: Right, and. it's inconvenient in that regard now there are other mugs that are out there they have a travel mug they've made which is more well insulated and i imagine has a bigger battery i assume that would keep your coffee at a steady temperature longer because remember those insulated mugs have a lid on them this looks like a ceramic mug so i'm losing a bunch of heat out of the top of this mug so it's much harder to keep and maintain temperature or get to and maintain temperature
0: that makes sense
1: yeah the other thing i don't really care for the capacity of this mug, uh yes, technically it's a 10-ounce mug, but like I said, you can really only get about eight ounces of liquid in there comfortably. So you're not making a large cup of coffee. That's one of the reasons I was looking at the travel mug. I just couldn't swing the price of the travel mug. And what do I mean by that? Well, the travel mug made by Ember is $150. Comes with the charging saucer and stuff too. But $150, I can't do that. This mug itself retails for $80. I sure as hell didn't pay $80 for it. I got it for about half pre-owned on eBay. And even then I was like, is this stupid? And I was like, well, at least I'll have a little fun with it. And at the very least I get to have fun with tap that app. And if I don't like it, we'll do a giveaway or something like that. But no joke. It's my default coffee mug. Now on the weekends, I make a cup of coffee in this and I'll sit in my recliner and watch dumb things on YouTube or read through my Twitter account or read some books on my Kindle and just enjoy coffee. So I like it. I would not pay the 80 bucks for it. You can find it on sale from time to time or look around on eBay. 80 bucks just seems like it's too much. And I really wish I could take it to work. I've talked about on this show before, I can't have Bluetooth on my phone on at work. There's no way to put this mug in airplane mode. (laughs) So if I took it to work, it's a Bluetooth signal on all the time. I would probably get in trouble for it. So I cannot take it to work which would be the ideal use case because it's notorious. I'll be working on something. Someone comes to my desk. And is like, Hey, I'm having a problem with such and such. And I walk away and come back. I'm like, Oh, my coffee's cold. Damn it.
0: It's, it's funny. Um, uh, probably because you made this document last night. Um, I started last night getting advertisements for this and I'd seen it before and I would forgot about it. So it was just last night. I actually happened to re- refresh myself because of the damn advertisement. Yes. Advertisements work sometimes. I'll admit it. And I was looking at this and the price point, I was like, wow, that's expensive. And then I saw the travel mug that you'd mentioned at one for and I'm like, wow, no, that's expensive. I, I do think, though, that um, the porcelain or quote porcelain mug, it, it looks porcelain. good. Yeah, full porcelain. It looks good. Like, it looks nice. And it's something that you could have sitting there. And the saucer actually looks really good, too. The
1: saucer. Uh, yeah, it, it looks just like a regular porcelain saucer, doesn't it? It does. And I forgot to bring that down because it's plugged in upstairs. And I did also forget to mention that this also comes in black also. Both the travel mug and this can be received in black. And if you're looking on eBay, there's like a limited edition short run they did of this in a copper color.
0: Yeah, that was still on their website. I don't know if it's for sale or sold out, but yeah, I did see that on there. Uh, The size is definitely something that wouldn't be enough for me. Um, But then again, I guess I could just drink more coffee. But then if I'm drinking more coffee, then that defeats the purpose of keeping it hot. So I don't know. Uh, I do want to say, though, that um, with this mug, I'm glad you got it. But I do have a question for you on it. Quest away, my friend. When it comes to actually heating up, does it do anything? Like if, say, all of a sudden it's cooled down and you didn't realize your battery was dead, was dead and it started to cool down and you put it on that pad, will it actually
1: warm it back up to that temperature? sort of there's only a there's a certain operating temperature range it works in and if it gets too cold you'll see on the app it just says cold and it can't reheat that the, the, the way i understand this works is whatever they use to insulate this mug and whatever is inside that keeps that is powered by the battery it gets heated by the liquid you put in there and the battery keeps what is heated inside the mug at a constant temperature to keep the interior of the mug at a right temperature. So if your liquid gets too cold because your battery ran out, it's not going to be able to heat it back up. There's no like giant heating element in it. There Uh are other products I've seen out there. I believe it is uh, the cauldron mug, if I recall correctly, that actually has a heating element in it and like a giant battery. And there's different attachments for this travel mug, like a blender attachment and stuff (laughs) like that even. No joke. So you could make your own smoothie with fresh Uh ingredients. But it does actually have a heating element in it so that you could brew fresh tea in your travel mug for instance but that is not what the ember mug is it is designed to basically capture the heat of your liquid and contain it to maintain the heat i don't know if that made sense that makes sense and i'm assuming
0: the one that has the heating pad is kind of like an early day cell phone where you're walking with your mug and a briefcase is that sort of how that works there you're walking down with that
1: I haven't read a ton about how big their battery is or how well it works. It it was more price prohibitive. That's why I went this route because I could find the mug version of Ember for a decent price on eBay. Like I said, I think it was actually probably $45 I paid when all the shipping was factored in and things like that.
0: All right. So two more questions. I have one, but two more questions. Number one, one, given that you paid $45 altogether, do you feel good about your purchase?
1: For 45 bucks, yeah, it was a little less than half off. So I'm okay with it. Um, Like I said, though, I drink coffee slowly on the weekends because I'm just half paying attention or I get distracted by things. So it serves my use case. If I was someone who pounds a cup of coffee in 30 minutes, this doesn't matter. It's not going to do much for you.
0: Okay. And then my second or third question, I should say, is does your mug have a spreadsheet printed on it? Because my mug does have a spreadsheet printed on
1: it. Sadly, it does not. There was one I was bidding on on uh, eBay, though, that was from a Google event that had the Google logo on it, but I got outbid.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that where I would have a use for this might be like if I'm working in the garage because I do drink coffee. I, I drink too much coffee, I'll admit it. But when I go <laughs> when I go into the garage and I'm working there, like I always bring my travel mug and it's just not the same. So that's where I think it would be kind of nice is if I'm just doing something in there just to have a regular... Regular mug and knowing that it's being kept warm by that. That's ah—that's uh, where I would, would use it. But I don't know. Do the, U- the U.S. to Canadian math on that. I won't be getting
1: one anytime soon. That's not happening. Like I said, this this mug solves a total first world problem, which is my coffee's too cold. I don't want to go to the microwave and reheat it. Yeah, it, it, It's you don't have to have this. And it's not even a nice to have. It's almost a luxury item. And as much as I enjoy it, I can't really go and recommend that someone go pay 80 bucks for it because it just isn't practical. You could buy a nice insulated mug for 20 bucks or so, and just pour your coffee in that, put the lid on it. And I have one at work that'll keep things warm for six hours.
0: I'll, no I'll admit I, I have a Yeti. I don't know. Is it a knockoff? Is it, is it I real? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure you could never know with those things, but uh I make my coffee at like six in the morning and it is still warm. Now like it's not hot, but it's still warm at like eleven o'clock if if I left it in there. They're, they're amazing. So yeah, it, it's I am surprised that you bought this, but I'm happy that you did because now I can live through you.
1: I will I'm not kidding when I say that most of what pushed me over at the end was well, at least it'll make for an interesting segment of the Geek.com show. Maybe I can make it a tax write-off then for a business expense. I don't know.
0: You got to start up your business. There you go. You, I'll pay you a dollar a year so it's there official. Go. There you go. My little tax deduction. <laughs> All right. So if you got a question about this Ember mug or if you want to tell Chris how he's and crazy, I'll say that uh, for Something buying it. crazy. Suckin' <laughs> crazy. Please do get in touch with us through any of the ways, but primarily send us a tweet at gonna Geek on Twitter, because I'd love to get conversation going about this on Twitter. I really would. It's twitter.com slash Geek. Tag at the Chris Farrell in on that, and uh, once he gets a reply, he'll tag me in. He'll tag me in, and we'll all talk about his crazy, crazy $45 8-ounce coffee mug porcelain
1: I have a problem i like porcelain
0: i like it i like it so if you know of something else that you think that chris farrell should buy please do get in touch with us as well
1: because chris farrell clearly just wants to appease the fans so if there's something else i need to tap just let me know so i can tap that absolutely So before we do close, let's go ahead and I would say go around the
0: table, but it's just you and I. So we'll go across the table to promote and plug and do whatever we'd like to do. Chris Farrell way at the other end of the table there, by the way, for the audio listeners, we are physically at a table. You know, one of those long tables that you see the ones that can fit like 30 people at it. Him and I are at the opposite ends right now. So Chris Farrell, I'm going to slide you down the microphone to promote. Here we go. I'm sliding it. All right.
1: I got it. Thank all you. Right. This is this is like Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale in the nineteen eighty nine Batman when they're <laughs> at that big table. So just a friendly reminder to folks, we have a lot of live video content that shows on the Gonna Geek Network. If you want to check out some other video shows like the Gunna show, head on over to Geeks.live. Hint if you're watching this live, you're probably there right now. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, and there's a calendar of all of the live events that are showing up on the network. They will also be on that Geeks. Live page. So come back, check out one of those other live shows, and in their chat room, let them know that the GunnaGeek.com show sent them your way, their way. So you
0: know how Apple has the iCalendar? Is that what they call it? iCal. iCal. We should make our own. It can be like the GCal or something like that. Google might have
1: an issue with that.
0: Okay, so then let's just go ahead and we'll pull a random letter out. Uh, we'll call it the DCal. That can we work?
1: be the gugaCal? <laughs>
0: That's right, the the cow. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, promote a couple of quick things. Number one, the Gunning Geek Network. I mentioned it earlier, but uh, I do want to say that everybody on there has been really, really awesome. Uh, a lot of good interaction the last couple of weeks in some private channels and whatnot. And so, if you want to go ahead and be a part of the network, listen to what I said earlier. That's geekcom slash join But the second thing that I want to promote is the Discord server. If you go to www.gunnegeek.com slash Discord, Chris Farrell, we've had a lot of fun over there, and there's been a lot of thin news that I've been learning just from some Discord posts over there. I can't believe how much quicker I am seeing people just chat about stuff over there than I used to on Facebook. It's awesome. I love it. So, really fun, geeky community at gunnegeek.com slash Discord. Now, if you're not familiar with what Discord is, think of it as a modern chat room that has different channels in it so you go in you got one account um and uh you join our discord they call it a discord server and then once you're in there you see a whole bunch of different channels we have like a general one we have a tech one a smart home one which that smart home one is is the standout right now uh so you got a whole bunch of different categories in there but we also have a channel per podcast on the network so if you want to just quickly go in there and say, hey, I loved your latest episode to one of the going Geek Network podcasts, you can do that. It's a I will admit uh, when I first got into Discord here, I, I, Chris Farrell, Cody, uh, Stargate Pioneer, all of them had said, hey, have we looked at Discord? And it wasn't until one of them just said, hey, I'll make it that I'm like, OK, let's do it. Thank and, you, Cody. <laughs> and it was suggested independently by all three of you at various times. And I just I didn't get it. I honestly didn't get it. And now that I'm in in it, I get it. So I like it. It's fun. And uh, if you want to check it out, that's com slash discord. And uh, we would love to see you over there. And if you, if enough people request it, if enough people request it, we'll make a channel called hashtag Chris requests for all of those requests that you're going to ask him to buy for Chris Taps That App.
1: <laughs> we also need a Patreon for that then too. <laughs> We're going to do that.
0: All right, well, there you go. So, for episode 273 of the official GunnaGeek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying it was just Chris and I tonight. Who knows who will be here next week? Maybe it'll just be Chris.
1: I'm Chris, and it's not going to be me here next week. I'm, I'm taking the week off. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>